You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. Welcome to the greatest podcast that you're listening to right now. Board Game Snobs. Po- oh, clicking my pen. I got to stop clicking the pen. You, you can't hear my ear filter thing behind me. My room. I'll noise reduction it out. Purifier. I keep one in each bedroom and in my main living room, that big white box you seen. I don't know if it does COVID, but it's a HEPA filter. HEPA? HEPA. So it helps you. Hepa you out yeah. with your breathing. It does. And it keeps the bugs out, which is probably why my allergies. What about farts? You can't run from farts. There's actually a science behind that. Go ahead. No, there, I don't know the science, but I looked it up and read about it one time. Because have you ever. Because there's some drag. You, pro- you pro- produce drag. No. Like your, the curvature of your buttocks is like a wind tunnel. It just like sucks the farts No, back no, it's the particles. It's like a. All right, two things I do know that okay. I will hit you with that. You can All look right. up the fart thing later. This well, is Jerry, by the way. Done. This is Gabby. Hello. Two things. One, when dead bodies are decomposing, there's a certain day for which the molecules and such are coming off, are decomposing off their body, that they're really bad. And if you walk into that, those molecules stick to your clothes and that you will never get that dead smell. It's like day four, I think. Something like that. They're, I forget which day it is, but it's when the body is been decomposing for some time you might as well just throw your clothes away that's number one number two dogs with big ears they smell with their ears i did not realize that to hear recently but you know animals that dogs that have shorter ears mm-hmm. when they run they're Chihuahuas. yeah they don't have any big sense of smell because nothing's wafting up the air around them but mm-hmm. bloodhounds things of that nature have big longer ears when they run their ears are actually wafting up and that's stirring up those molecules into their nose that's why i no cer- wonder i can smell better than most people certain breeds of pit bulls like in hawaii have bigger ears have ears like hounds because they're using the hunt hogs i think it's hawaii Interesting. I know. I those am. Were, those I'm were knocking it up. Semi-interesting facts. Well, bad news because the rest of this podcast, I'm gonna go right out here. <laughs> that's that's it. I don't that's have my. We've peaked. I don't have my sidekick with me. We've peaked on banter because I took Enrique. Took Enrique with me kayaking in Beavers Bend, Oklahoma, and this man. Because let's remind all of our listeners, Enrique is a full-grown man. All right, he is not a child. Is that describing something a beaver can do? Beavers bend. I think there was a. They flex. They thrust. I think it's just a bend. They the, wiggle. They found a lot of beavers because we do put in our kayaks right a bend in the river at the bend where the the, the uh, runoff the dam the bend where, where the, the dam's at. at. There's a big dam, and they blow this. Hey, look, we're not going to do any lowbrow damn jokes. They blow. 
a purge siren right before they let the water out. And I made the mistake of camping right under, damn purge. Right before that. And I'm sitting there like four o'clock in the morning. They blow that siren. I'm like jumping up thinking, well, it's not tornado season. What are they doing? Is it the purge? The purge. And unfortunately, that's how. It happens once a year. My poor. poor got Enrique. <laughs> I got all that. I, I started strangling Enrique. This is for all those times. <laughs> Who would you take They're out like, in the purge? No, no, it's no. just for the water. Let's not do who would we take out during the purge. Please don't. Because that would be- uh, That's dark. That would be super dark. But anyways, someone else who's very dark- Much like Enrique's legs. Enrique so I hear. got crispy. So we're halfway down this like four miles stretch of this class two rapids. Painful. He says, nobody offered me sunscreen. I'm applying- Oh, well, so it's your fault. Yes. I'm applying <laughs> out of my dry bag- I'm taking out my SPF 110 because that's the bare minimum I have to use. I have to use solar, like, reflective stuff to keep the sun off me because I'm 75% Irish. I crisp underneath a 60-watt bulb. I can't go out in the sun. So I'm slathered. I look like powder. All right? And he's like, I don't know. I don't have any. I don't. I don't you were, ha- like, moving your lucky charms around just to get the cream on underneath. You betcha. And I missed one little spot, like a little one-inch square mm-hmm. on my left the knee. The size of a four-inch, a four-leaf clover. On my left knee. On your left knee. I've been limping ever since. It burnt me <laughs> so bad. You see my knees? Have you seen my knees? I've seen your nephews. Ha! See that knee? Well, that is red. You got some color. I know. Look at you. Enrique. And that color is red. Got burned bad. So you've never been brown in your life. You've been white or red. I have been so white. Like you would lose me in a snowstorm. I used to be bleach blonde. All all the kids in the family are born bleach uh-huh. blonde with blue eyes, and then our hair slightly darkens and the eyes turn green. Hmm. And but we we this is the darkest I've ever been. This is the most sun I've ever had, and I'm still like white. <laughs> like I'm raising up my my Steeler shirt. I'm pretty white when I no no you're cre- you're you, no when you're I cream. don't have any sun. You're cream. That's true. So, anyways, like but yeah. So Enrique calls me today and says, "Hey, I know we were going to go bowling, which I told him he's going to go bowling, and I, I wasn't going." Well, uh, re- before that, I for this recording session, session, I called Enrique and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to run to Jerry's because we need a an emergency pod for this week." This is an emergency pod. We are uh, we're down and we're out. We don't have any. I said I'm making a special trip to Jerry's. I'm going to just drive up there, record, go home, uh, edit. Get it ready to go out the next day, pretty much. Enrique says, can't go. Like, oh, no. You can't go. Are you sick? Uh, you got to work? I'm burnt. <clears throat> so apparently he's immobilized. Yeah, I, he called me right after that and said, he never calls me. Except to call me to say, hey, let's pick me up so we can go bowling. So when he called me, he called me to tell me, I can't go bowling. I can't move my arms. And I, he's, his words were, I can't go outside into the sun. And I could tell in his voice he was in pain, which is a rare thing for him. So, it, did you go yesterday? Yes, it was Sunday. I went. Okay, I went so Sunday. It was especially hot. Sunday afternoon. Incredibly hot. Incredibly Southeast hot. Southeastern Oklahoma, 110 degrees. And of course, on to- on top of that, you're on top of the water with the sun reflecting upon you. With with you're hit- toasted from. Every- you might as well be in, in a tanning bed. Hillbillies tubing down the river. <laughs> Drinking and they weren't worried about the sun. They don't care. They're so burnt out, anyways. They're bright red as They're it bright is. Bright red. All right, they are. What are you doing? It matches out their here? noses. Yeah. So, anyways. So, yeah, that's what I did. And you cornholed. I cornholed. Good Actually, I cornholed one game. 
and switch. It was it was literally. I stepped outside, and I might as well have been swimming through the air as thick as the humidity was here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. I said, "This is the day my friends decide to do things outside: cornhole, volleyball." You got poor friends up down Texas. <sighs> so we did. We did play one game of cornhole. I said, "That's it. I'm done." But volleyball, I love too much, and we did play about six games of volleyball, and it was fun, and I was sweaty, and I took a shower at my friend's house. I brought clothes, changed out of everything, changed out of my you soggy underwear. Could you? Did you know how to operate their shower? I said, ma'am, miss, friend of mine, may I t- use your shower? And she said, yes, please. Wow. So I went in there and showered. That's how bad it was. I don't know if I want you using my shower. What is that? Can, I just don't know. This is weird. You know, these days That's when a I personal w- thing. working from home, as you are now, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't feel the compulsion to shower as often as you do. So it's like, I have to tell myself, oh, I need to shower because mm. I'm not getting dirty per se. No, I'm not working hard, sweat pouring from my brow anymore to give you just an idea of how far away I am from you in this topic. I went outside to walk something to my shed while you were on your way here, which is about, you know, see, it's like 30 yards yeah. from my house. I walked back to my a house. Stone's throw, one might say. And got in the shower because company's coming. No, no you're missing my I've points. showered twice a day. I no, change my underwear to me. thrice a day. Now, changing other underwear is basically showering. Oh. But here's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I and don't then sweat. Change your underwear. I don't sweat. You don't sweat. You I don't sweat, sweat anymore. You, you, what happened? I stopped going outside. I, Jerry, I don't leave the house from Monday morning when I start answering phone calls till Friday evening anymore. You've become a hermit. I'm a hermit. No wonder you're so. You left your home and drove an hour to come to Yes. My house. I needed to get out. That's interesting. I don't know who I am anymore. I'm literally in the home. I am in the home. From Monday morning You're homebound. until Friday <laughs> Pretty soon they'll be craning me out if I'm not careful. <laughs> be cutting a gobby-shaped hole out the side of the house. That's no moon. And here I come. <laughs> oh, 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 Stop oh, that. Oh. Stop that. Pizza the hunt. Pizza the hunt. Um, speaking of friends, we have an email from Adam M. That is very tardy. It was mailed... <laughs> Emailed to us January the 13th. Now, if you're tardy once, but then you're tardy again, what would that be? I thought you about to have, Did you see? Did you hear me suck in and breathe and get ready to swallow I mean, the laughter? There's, there's a, I thought you had a pun lined up there's there. There's a Pete and a repeat joke, but I don't think you can do that with tardy. Oh, okay. I thought you had something planned. I thought I just well, I thought I walked into a joke just then. So when you start no. when you start with that cadence, when you say when you have the, I automatically start swallowing no, so I don't no. bust up laughing. Well, I mean, there was a joke there, I just didn't make it because I'm very PC these days. Oh, are you? I try to be. You're not a you're not an Xbox fan, you're a PC now. I'm a PC guy. All right. Squirrel fall damage from Adam M. This gentleman emailed us. Mm, that's his last name. Adam. 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 Uh, hello, Adam. 
He's and we're tardy in reading this email because we generally flag these emails and his slip through, but we don't ever delete anything. And Gobby reads through our emails for fun. Hey, Gobby and Jerry, you should put Jerry first. First off, I love the podcast. Found out about about through sporadically bored and is now one of the podcasts that I listen to as soon as it hits my feed. I'm Daniels. <laughs> Don't do this. I am listening to some of your backlog catalog. He didn't say backlog. He said back catalog. I said backlog catalog. And I just finished the episode Autism and Board Gaming when Jerry started talking about squirrels being immune from injury or death from falls. Uh, I saw that. I want to see. I even decided to write in before Jerry said at the beginning of the listener email portion that someone would send an email about squirrels. Seven years ago, I was walking my beagle, Charlie. That's what I like. When people name... This is a side point here. When people talk about their dog, mm-hmm. and they say, tell me what kind of dog it is so I can picture it. And if you want to add their name, tell me their name. That's important. Because I will judge you by, one, your dog, and two, what you've named said dog. Okay. Charlie, for a name of a beagle, is a solid name. Okay? I don't, you don't, You've never had a dog. Have no, you? No, you've never I'm named a, an I'm animal. A cat guy. You're a cat guy, which is why you're inside the and house. All their names are like fuzzy. And soon you will have multiple socks. cats. You're turning into a cat woman. True. Around a uh, neighborhood apartment complex, there was always a load of squirrels. I do love Bruce. Knowing that my dog would never be able to catch a squirrel with his hound bark and with me holding the leash, I pointed to the squirrel and shouted, Charlie, get the squirrel. He put that in parentheses. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. Mm. As usual, Charlie bellowed as he ran and gave the squirrel ample warning to run up the nearest tree. Unfortunately for the squirrel, though, the nearest tree was a sycamore tree. I added that because we call them sycamores here. We're not sycamore. Sycaless. <laughs> if you do not know what a sycamore tree is, they are the ones that look white when they when their thin bark falls off. A quick search suggests that their range stretches as far as at least parts of Texas and Oklahoma, so maybe you have them there. I really like the fact that he's <laughs> Adam. 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 Write us again. I've already tell you're one of these people. You, you're, you're, you're good at emails. Anyways, when the squirrel hurried up the tree, it grabbed onto some of the thin bark, and the bark separated from the tree. The squirrel fell 20 feet, hit the ground on its back, gave a twitch, and went still. I watched for a few minutes and expected the squirrel to stir and run away, but never did. Charlie and I finished our walk, and it shocked me at what I'd seen. I'm sure that Charlie never for, forgave me for letting him have the squirrel, and I told him to go get. Mm. Now, assuming the math on squirrel terminal velocity, or squirrel I don't know how you say that. He's, he made up his own word. Maybe the squirrel wasn't actually killed by the fall. Squirminal. Squirminal velocity. Squir- <laughs> squirminal. I've reached squirminal velocity. The squirminal list. Oh, you got to be Did nuts. you watch that? <laughs> With Chris Pratt. The squirminal list. All the squirrels has done him wrong. Where are my nuts? <laughs> you cheeky. Okay. That was good because they put the nuts in their cheeks. Maybe the squirrel wasn't actually killed by the fall. Maybe he had a heart attack or something. I don't know. I never called the coroner acorn anor. Okay, first off, <laughs> Here we stop. Go. <laughs> okay. See, Adam, I like this guy. I never read this email till just now. So Adam wrote a coroner, and then he puts <laughs> like parentheses, acorn plus coroner, and then wrote, works better said out loud than written. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never called the coroner. Acorner? Coroner. <laughs> That's good Sorry. stuff. A coroner. Adam's a man after my own heart. <laughs> 
It's this, it's it's just a guy that works at a coroner's office, but he's kind of nuts, you know. The a coroner. All right. Hopefully, a couple puns lighted up to the end. Looking forward to many more. Thanks. He's from Indianapolis. That's why he's so weird. Indianapolis is that uh, race car place, isn't it? That's where that's where Mike's from as well. Mike Delicio. Well, Adam, thank you for re- doing a good callback. That on was delightful. Squirrel fall damage. Squirmal velocity. I like All that. the squirrels in my uh, the area that I've moved to have been viciously killed. By what? Okay, so when we moved here, I wanted what many people in the South have called a barn cat. Now, a barn cat's not like a domesticated cat like you have. Do squirrels get nut cancer? I hear it's squirminal. So, a barn cat is just a wild, semi-domesticated cat that you still want to keep its instincts to where it will attack and kill varmints, but you don't keep them in the house. You don't, you don't, they're not part of the family. They're more like a hired hand. I was going to make an instincts pun, but I, I shied away. Basic instincts. Okay. So, you, we have like a little shed. So, we have. It's not that little. A so-called barn cat. You don't have to be so modest when it comes to your shed. My shed's large. I like we're big barns, and not, I cannot lie. We're not okay, shed shame you. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, let's shed some light on this subject here. My barn it's cat. A watershed moment. My barn cat has killed everything that moves because she is so efficient, and I didn't realize this. So we adopted her. We, we rescued her. We didn't. The neighbor gave it to us. And she will climb trees, and you'll watch her go up a tree, as I did one morning sipping coffee, and then hear a rustle, not crow, but a rustle, and she will come out of the tree with a squirrel. Husband to a murdered wife. In tow. Father to a murdered son. Squirrelus Maximus. <laughs> and she'll kill squirrels. She'll go up in the tree and then just plummet to their death with them. I wonder if he ever just said, my name is Russell. <laughs> that's, that's a crow. That's not a crow. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a rooster. That's a rooster. Rooster Cogburn. That's a rooster. Roosters do crow. Russell. Wait a minute. Why do roosters crow? I but, see. But crows don't rooster. Crow, crows caw. What do cars do? They drive really fast <laughs> in Boston. Get to the car. <laughs> You know how hard it is to go from a Russell Crowe? That was like that Kevin Bacon thing. Russell Crowe, what do crows, crows don't rooster, roosters crow, crows call. What do cars do? It's Matt Damon. Get in the car. Get in the car, Ben. I do not know this man. Listen. Get that right. I blame Adam for this. Adam, because he started this. Anyways, uh, so we read an email. We're very sorry for taking so long to not read your email because we really do try to uh, engage our fans. Adam, if you're because it's very hot. <laughs> Adam, it's been very hot. January thirteenth, he sends this, and it's like, it's, this is what is this? July? <laughs> we give it a good six months to you know. That's our turnaround. Stew on it. Well, what takes us a while? Anyways, thank you, Adam. Mm, very good. Uh, so next, I want to bring up. We, several weeks ago, with our dear friend, Bruno, we did Den of Wolves, the uh, mega game at uh, BGG. And we desperately, desperately 
wanted to play this with Gobby because Gobby wasn't there the first time. Our crispy friend Enrique and I did it back in November. Please go back and listen to that episode regarding our little foray into our first mega game. And we wanted to introduce Gobby to it. And so Gobby, who is, I wouldn't say that you're a wordsmith. You're a pun smith. Like you do good one off. Like you do good tagline every now and then. I'm a modest person. But not like full-thrown description of your feelings. No, God, no. So, <laughs> thankfully, God has provided us with something called ChatGTP, oh, yes. which has been driving me insane here lately because I keep seeing all these things pop up saying, why aren't you doing this with ChatGTP? You can make tons of money. I don't know what people are using ChatGTP to do. It hasn't, it hasn't helped me. I've no, asked it questions. I spent up all night talking to it one night. It's basically Enrique on the internet. Did, did you download one of those, like, I the, the female versions? Are you lonely tonight? Here's your female chat AI. Hey, Martha. How are you tonight? That explains so fine. much. I am fine. I keep asking. How are you? keep asking it for, to make these PowerPoints. It's like giving me these really suggestive answers. Okay. Then it kind of explains it. <laughs> Would you like to go? Here's one. I downloaded Chad GTP. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it just started. You want to come on down here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what you been up to? What you been up to? Come some on, good shrimp lately. Come on down. We'll drink some monsters and punch holes in the drywall. <laughs> so that's Chad. <laughs> Chad GPT. <laughs> he drives a GT. Uh, GTO. GTO. Let's see. So you- stop. Hold. Okay, yeah, what I was going to say doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter because you put everything that you were going to say into ChatGTP. So I cannot, I cannot say words very good. You can't emote. I can't say words. Like I just, it's hard for me to be descriptive and all this stuff with what I say. And much less, I'm not going to write it down because who has. I mean, I get, why they call that carpal tunnel syndrome? I don't have nothing written down that page. I just (laughs) sold you. I'm sorry. So, I mean, I, I I used to keep a journal. I see your little drawings. I don't have anything written down for this podcast. Okay. So, I was like, Chad, GPT, tell me tell me how I felt about this. And I told Chad in so many words how I felt going in, the reasons I felt that way, the type of game it was, Den of Wolves, Social Deduction. It's a large group of people. It's and Battlestar Galactica, basically. Yeah. And then I said, this is how I felt coming out of the game. And then it and formed Chad, words for you. AI, GPT. Is it GPT or GTP? Uh, what is the, I'm going to look up what the GTP... I'm going to ask it what does the GTP stand for. It doesn't know. I'm going to ask Chad real fast. Go ahead. And I told it to write a letter to our listeners. But So you read dramatically, if you would, what okay. Chad kept... And the reason that we're being so meta about this, and you know I hate how meta Because we, we could have just said, hey, I wrote this. Yes. But... You we, wouldn't have known. Because like we all... Listen... You might have thought, wow, he is a wordsmith. Everything. I, have you read Richard Simpson? It's all fake. Richard Simpson's blog. Everything's fake. Oh, he, everything, is it? Yeah, everything's fake. Richard? Richard Dick Simpson. He doesn't even exist anymore. I'm pretty sure he's chat GTP. He's an AI. He's an AI, which explains so much. He's like an animatronic. There's just a... Oh, oh, come to my show. Richard Simpson. Every oh. time you hear him, he does impressions of me. Sounds just Been like... To Scotland. He sounds like a He sounds like a robot I'm doing an impression Scotland, yeah. of me. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't even know where Scotland's at. It's not real. It's not. Never it's seen it. fantasy movies. So. When you go into Sherwood Forest, it becomes a fantasy world, and you end up in Scotland, which doesn't exist. It's at the end of the rainbow, where the pot of gold is. So Chad, the GTP robot, 
said, this is how you feel, Gavi. It stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. The GTP. Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Are your, friend, are your children having a techno dance? I'm sorry. That, okay, so they're... <laughs> hey, Jack's been really getting into the, the raves here lately, I guess. <laughs> I was wondering what all the glow sticks were for. I got, hope he didn't get into my Heineken. What are okay. they doing? What read your thing? I'm gonna go get my kids to it's calm okay. down. No, let no, them, let them have fun. It's bothering. No, let them have fun. I will not have. You're my only a kid. Once kids be depraved for like 18. What years. are they watching in there? Maybe they're. I thought the Mount Do. Remember that old Nintendo dance where you have to step on the steps like front, back, front, back, jump, jump. Dance, dance, resolution, yeah, revolution, or resolution, resolution. That's what Tron did. Uh, well, well, I didn't like the revolution part because it gives dance, the idea. Dance, dance, resolution. Calls back to the French Revolution. He and just I'll, dies. I'm not big. <laughs> Just upload Tron to Dance Dance D Resolution. He's just like, all right, game over. That was fast. It's, it's a it's France France Revolution, oh, and it's a dance Tron thing. humor. All the all the France France Resolution games. People, are nobody dancing. cares about Tron. It flopped. Tron Legacy flopped, and I love. I love Tron. That was a great show. Who was all in right. that? Was that what's your face? The lady with the <laughs> deep blue eyes. I do eyes. not know this man. The <laughs> deep blue eyes. That. The deep blue eyes. It, it was no the other one. Olivia. Mun? No, no, yeah, Mun might be the I'm right one. I'm pretty sure Mum's There's the word. There's two of them. <laughs> I, I really like her eyeballs. There's, I don't find that's a weird. I thing don't like. Say. No, here's a weird thing. It's just her eyeballs. Oh, Everything else she about had pretty her. Pretty eyes is what you're saying. No, no, I'm not saying that her eyes are pretty. I just like them. Olivia Mun's the wrong one. It's the other one that was married to Ted Lasso. Who's Ted Lasso? Who was married? That's not his real name. I don't know. I don't live in the real world. I live in the Tron world. Object. You use Chat GP. You use, use Chat GTP one time. You come to my house with like some sort of blue bodysuit driving a Jason, Tron motorcycle. Jason Sudeikis' wife. What's Jason Sudeikis? You're making up names. These people don't oh exist. My God. You're in the Matrix. Who was he married to? Olivia Wild. Olivia Wild. Okay. Olivia oh, Wilde. Yeah, she I'm, does have some striking eyes. Those are fake. <laughs> they're AI? I think AI? <laughs> AI? 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 Uh, that's, that's how you know she's not French, because they can't do the Parisians. <laughs> they can't do the AI, because that's what, uh, that's that's what Bruno taught us at really? French French Revolution. <laughs> okay. Bruno, a great dancer. You chat. go ahead and read your chat GTP <laughs> thing. I'm going to go shut down the rave that my kids are having in the next room. <laughs> So Chad GPT told me to, this is how I felt. Dear podcast listeners, let me tell you about Den of Wolves, a game I hated. Here's how it begins. I found myself at a large social deduction gaming event filled with excitement and anticipation. I was, I was filled with excitement and anticipation, not the gaming event. I was filled with excitement and anticipation. The room was alive with vibrant energy as players strategized, alliances formed, and trust was tested. Like, just right off the bat, people were like, all right, here you go, here's your rose, and go. And people just started talking now to you're each free, other. You're, you're freestyling, stick to the script. Yet, amidst the laughter and camaraderie, I was plagued by a paralyzing sense of anxiety and social fear that threatened to consume me. You punked out. The parameters of the game itself were vague. 
my role in the game was particularly vague. As gameplay began, I was stricken with sadness, as I had no idea what to do, or how to do it, or who to do it with. It was overwhelming. So many people doing so much, yet I had zero comprehension of how to fit in. I was overly stimulated, underwhelmed, overly anxious, and sad. All at the same time. In that moment, I made a difficult decision. I chose to leave, to retreat from the overwhelming sea of faces and the daunting task of engaging with others. Like I was. It wasn't an easy choice. As I looked Jerry in the eye and I said, I've got to go. I can't take this anymore. Can I pause right there? And can I insert something? Go ahead. So, all right. I could tell, because this was a few hours in to the game, that when you told me you were going to leave and didn't feel it, I felt okay in that, that you did that. Because it was obvious you, you just, it wasn't clicking for you yet. And I felt bad for you because it really felt like, the game just didn't land for you this time. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, no, it did not. It wasn't an easy choice, but it was the only one I felt capable of making at the time. The weight of my anxiety hung heavy on my shoulders as I walked away, feeling defeated and disappointed and sad that I had disappointed others. I felt I had let everyone down, in particular, my friends Jerry and Bruno. Enrique remains completely unaware. Of most things, quite frankly. But that's... An <laughs> okay, so I don't know if I do this or chat GPT. Never mind. Of most things... Oh, I, okay, so that's Enrique. Enrique remains completely unaware of most things, quite frankly. But that's another story for another day. Okay, this one's about me, not Enrique. <clears throat> so anyways, I walked away. I left the room. I walked outside, took a breath. I had quit. I had given up. But life has a way. It finds a way. Life finds a way. Life has a way of presenting us with opportunities for growth when we least expect it. Little did I expect to grow at BGG Spring. And so it happened that I found myself drawn back to that very gaming event. I hate to quit things. I really do. It nagged at me. I was angry at myself that I was unable to initially persevere, but something deep inside me yearned to conquer the fears that held me back, to reclaim my love for a gaming event that at one time the very thought of had thrilled me. And so, armed with determination and a newfound sense of purpose, I stepped back into that room, trepidatious, yet determined to finish what I had started. The familiar faces greeted me with warmth and understanding creating a safe space where my anxieties could begin to dissipate. With each interaction, my confidence grew, and my social paralysis began to loosen its grip on me. SP. Members of the control group asked me if I was okay, and what could they do to help me... What could they do to make this a pleasing experience for me? The cockles of my heart began to warm at their sincere interest and genuine kindness towards a complete stranger they saw in distress. I explained to them I was lost and anxious. They gave me a specific task to perform, and with that, I was off. As the game unfolded, I discovered the power of vulnerability. I realized that it was okay to make mistakes, to stumble and falter. In fact, those moments of vulnerability 
allowed others to rally around me, offering support and encouragement. The game became a platform for connection, not just competition. In the end, I emerged from that event not only as a player, but as a victor over my own fears. The anxiety that once held me back became a catalyst for growth, a reminder of the boundless strength within me. I learned that courage isn't the absence of fear, but rather the ability to confront it head on, to push through the discomfort, embrace the possibilities that lie beyond. My journey serves as a testament to the transformative power of perseverance and self-belief. It reminds us all that we are capable of conquering the demons that haunt our minds and preventing us from experiencing the fullness of life. So I implore each of you to reflect on the fears that may be holding you back, the anxieties that whisper doubt into your ear, knowing that you have the power to overcome them, to face them with unwavering courage and determination. I kind of want to start pounding the podium right now. Do it. Embrace the unknown, for it is often within those uncharted territories that we find our greatest joys and discover our true potential. So there it is. I have told you about Den of Wolves, a game I hated, but I now adore. So that was all from ChatGTP. Uh, there was a few things like the cockles of my heart, and, clearly. Man. And this, this is supposed to be what's going to take over the world. That was it. That was soulless. That was like, well, I mean, I think I added something with my vibrant reading. Yeah, of it. but the core of it was just bl- pablum. I mean, it was just, what do they call that? Platitudes. <clears throat> like, all of those were like cliche platitudes you hear, like conquering your self doubt and all that stuff. That it was supposed to be like Terminator. Squirminator. <laughs> like, I expected a squirrel to come busting into the. <laughs> wouldn't that be weird? With like dark sunglasses. <laughs> And his little furry tail, and it's like got one red eye. One red eye, come in and kill us. He's from the future. Come busting in. Okay, come on. Listen. Stick to it. I'm sticking to it. I'm just saying is that number one, that chat GTP, I would have much- Is it GTP or GPT? I don't want to keep getting that backwards. Uh, You've already forgotten. I can't even look it up. I went and got me another Roman code. Just say AI chat. The AI chat. Okay. I I That's the Italian. Hey. That's the Italian chatbot. Oh. Hey. <laughs> okay. Listen. Don't. I was about don't. to start doing stuff. Don't stop me. Okay. I'll stop you. Okay. Here's the thing. Mama right, Mia. Let's, let's, yes. You made me stop. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. So. Let's step away from the whole AI discussion for just a moment and let me go further into Den of Wolves slightly. That's basically it. Can I can I give some context okay. to Den of Wolves overall? Go ahead. Okay, so for instance, if everybody who's familiar with Battlestar Galactica, Den of Wolves is basically that. There's it's a mega game set up with multiple tables. Each table is its own ship. Each ship has essentially its own captain and crew and so forth. Multiple people at each table, four to seven people. And then each ship can be compared, uh, combined with other ships as their own nation. Those nations will have counselors. Those counselors meet with the president and so forth and so on, pass laws, so forth and so on. And everybody's on the watch for wolves, which are basically Cylons, which are basically AI interpretations of people, which is very weird that ChatGTP uh, now wrote all your feelings about Den of Wolves. Either way, it's an amazing game that's played over a period of all day long. And unfortunately, and this was my, the first misstep that we had, and let's just focus on your experience 
in in this game. We'll we'll talk about mine and Enrique's another time. I wanted to be the president because I'd played this game before. So I we arrived early and I took the position of the president. And for some reason, Gobby wanted to be kind of connected with with me and my ship. I made you the secretary of the state. Well, and, I wanted to be with you because you knew the game, and I th- thought, well, right. I'll stick to close to Jerry. And He'll kind of show me the ropes. Also, Bruno showed up unexpectedly, and I made him my vice president. So I have two well, people. unexpectedly, but in the fact that he actually showed up, you had told him about the game yeah, and invited I beg- him. I begged him to come. I but wanted you him. didn't know. You didn't think I he didn't, was going to show. I didn't think he was going to show. When he showed up, it's like, okay, this is my VP. And I'm going to say, I don't know if you're going to go into this later. Bruno, me watching Bruno. Over, uh, first off, overwhelmingly loved by the other 40 people playing oh the game. Oh my God. The, he loved this game and the game loved him. Yes. This was Bruno's game. He was like, just bam. I'm like, have you played this before? Mm-mm. And no, he's just like making moves. He literally sat down and says, What does the vice president do? I said, Look, I need you to be my right hand. I'm going to talk to you about stuff, and then you go out and glad hand people and just make sure that whatever I'm talking about, make me look good. The whole game was in Bruno. as out there just politicking. <laughs> and so anytime you're playing one of these styles games where, like, we have a whole several rounds that surround Bruno and whether or not he has betrayed the whole game in the, in the game, in the game yes, of the game. Everybody thought Bruno was a traitor because of was- one. <laughs> Incom- I don't want to go into this, no, so make no, me no. mad. But one incompetent mix-up by the Admiral, everybody was blaming on Bruno. And the fun thing was is that everybody still liked Bruno, even though they thought he was... <laughs> they were like... And I had to invest... Okay, so we're getting into something. Okay, so let me just say real quick. There was a part this of game? the game... There was a part of... I'm sorry. Uh, there was a part of the game where people were so demanding to... <laughs> To, to to investigate Bruno for being a traitor. And I literally screamed. I was so frustrated because I knew he wasn't a traitor that I yelled out loud, he can't be a traitor. He's Canadian. <laughs> and they just looked at me so odd. Like that was like, like a thing. It's like, he's Canadian. He's fine. Trust me on this. And then the last thing that happened in the game was Bruno was justified. He was not. The, anyway, go ahead. I'm he sorry. Was a good, he showed so, himself to be a good The man. other problem that happened was that you okay. were the Secretary of the State. Okay, the Secretary of State I'm, had the most vague description, job description, and that it didn't have one. Okay, and here's the problem. I, I made the mistake of thinking this would be good because I could kind of direct you to do stuff, and unfortunately, right away I got tied up into a big debate. You were in meetings constantly, constantly. trying to save and the so fleet. And so the last thing I told so you... So I'm just like walking around. Okay, so here's the thing. So I'm thinking this is kind of a classic... I don't know. I was thinking most people have... Rules. Specific jobs and rules. Like Enrique, last time I remember you said he was in charge of either food or water. And literally, just to give context, again, this game went on for like eight hours. Enrique was at another table. I had zero interactions with that boy. I never Never saw saw him. him. I told him to be the captain of a ship. He said, I don't feel like I'm qualified. He was the first officer. And all I know, we need Enrique. I wish he hadn't burned himself. He was over on another ship and he was rocking it. That's all I know. So I remember Enrique saying his job in the previous game of Den of Wolves. He was an engineer. He was over like water. Mm-hmm. So they were delivering water. But most people in the ships and tables near us, they had these abilities and things. And I kind of heard them like trading. Well, I can do this for you if you do this for me. So then that got into my brain. 
and a secretary of the fleet. I had nothing to offer right. other than I work for the president. We can grant you some, uh, maybe make a law. I didn't know what to do. Like, literally, exactly. they throw you into this game, and it's like, okay, now go play. And I'm like, what? And what? I, I made the mistake at one point catching you, and you were saying, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, just think of what the Secretary of State do. And you said, "What's who's the Secretary of State? I said, like, Hillary Clinton. And immediately, you deleted all your emails. So I started getting, yeah, got rid of my emails. <laughs> See, that joke would kill if it was 2016. <laughs> We're only like six, seven years behind. Anyways, but no. So, but what happened when you told me about lunchtime that you were leaving? And I was like, I get it. You're this, I felt really, really bad. And it, it was like a combination of being socially overwhelmed, overstimulated. Like there was a room of how many people? Were 40 there? people. 40, 50 people. And to give more context, the rounds were 30 minutes a piece, and the first 18 minutes was everybody milling around talking, and then the next few 12 minutes was everybody at their table discussing strategy on your ship. So it's literally like 20 minutes of you running around talking and people willing and dealing and spreading rumors and fighting and things and strategizing, and it's all social. There's not much game mechanic right. other than socializing. And so that's horrifyingly overwhelming if you're introverted and also don't have a clear understanding of what you're supposed to be doing. And I, I like I needed a rule set in front of me saying, okay, I need to do this. And I did not have that. There was a vague one saying, okay, secretary, basically you're kind of the captain of this ship. But even of our particular ship, there wasn't a whole lot to do. But there's two things that saved the game for you. The first one was done by the control. The control are the people who run the game. And this gentleman... Who was also at my oh. first game of game of right. of Den of Wolves? Uh, what I mentioned him when I said this. <laughs> Absolutely did exactly what you want somebody who's running a game day to do. So after I had left the game, I could almost get emotional over this. This is how much it touched me. Touched by an angel. <laughs> this man was by, an angel. He was an angel. What's that woman's name? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, that's not her. Oh, no. No. Seventh Heaven? No. Touched She's by an Angel that? was a show. It had the Touched by the Angel that. lady. But it wasn't Jennifer Love I Hewitt. It was an. And then there was another woman, and I can't remember the name. It used to come on after our f- a favorite show that I used to watch. Jane Seymour? No, Jane Seymour was um, Quinn. Uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, who Sully, the guy, the Native American, who was obviously not a Native American in that show. You got to tell me right now. I've watched. I've, I've watched <laughs> Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. I don't know how because it's absolutely. You might as well, did you watch it right after Walker, Texas Ranger? I I, I have seen every episode of Walker, and if you besmirch Walker, that's not Walker. First off, that's Conan doing Walker. Texas oh, Ranger. that's Conan. Besmirch the name of Walker Cordell. Listen. Always that skit. We pulled the, the handle. Boy. You yes. pull the handle. There's always there was that. And the little boy says, "I've got AIDS." Alstein, what's his name? Not Alstein, Jamie. Alstein. That's not preacher. Haley Joel Alstein. I've got AIDS. Uh- <laughs> okay, we're getting off course. Listen, stay on topic. Okay, so back to the control group and of Den of Wolves, and so. I left the game. I, literally, I was frustrated and sad because I was so looking forward to it. And I know Jerry, you know, he kind of doesn't care, but I know he kind of cares. I but care. He wanted me to enjoy this game. I, I desperately said, wanted I said, you. Jerry, I just, I'm, it's not clicking. 
I'm miserable. I'm lost. I'm overwhelmed. My anxiety was kicking in. And I know anxiety is like this, like what are they, a blanket statement these days, but it really was like I was, it was bothering me. I knew you were wussing out. Okay. So there you go. So I left the game. I walked outside. I pondered. I was like determined. I want, I, I really do hate quitting crap. <clears throat> so I walked back in. And I was went to Jerry, and he's like, "All right, uh, uh, you had another meeting. God, you had those so many freaking meetings." That's when you're the president. So you're more like the first lady, just so, mad because I was at meetings so, all the time. <laughs> so then I started walking around, and I wish I knew the gentleman's name. We'll call him Doug. Let's call him Doug. He was a member of the control group. He's very tall. He's tall, bearded, large, bearded man. He's and he pulled me aside, and he said. Quite imposing, too. He is, but yet so kind. I, he was very large. And, uh, you know, when, when we talk about... Okay, here's a thing in games. He has a Scandinavian look about him. <laughs> didn't you agree? Like, he looked like he was from the north. His no- name's probably Ivan. He looked like he's from the north. Ivan the kind, instead of Ivan the terrible. Or is it Yvonne? It could, Yvonne. Yvonne the kind. Yvonne the kind. <laughs> Speaking of Yvonne, Yvonne, make your bed. Dan said so. Yeah, Evan, make your bed. Quit playing so much Xbox. All right. So Ivan pulls me aside and he says, hey, uh, I just kind of noticed you're walking around. You left, came back. He says, is there something we can do, you know, to help you? Are you you having fun? And I poured my heart out to this guy. I was in tears. I saw you crying over there with Yvonne. I was in tears. I'm like, Ivan, my God, I just, this is overwhelming. I don't know what to do. He says, I'll tell you what. And literally, this was the catalyst for me. He was like six nine. <laughs> I literally watched him put his nice. hand on your head. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he says to me, he says, <laughs> "I set you up for everything that's good so in your sorry. life." Go ahead. He says, I'll "Tell you what." Because I told him, I says, I just don't have a clue what to do. He says, go to the science ship. Your ship is basically defenseless because you're like Air Force One. You don't have any. Because you were with the president. Right. Which was me. You need some protection. He says, go to the science ship and ask for a large cannon to put on your ship. camera. Camera. <laughs> we take pictures and stuff. It's basically a ring. Her ring, nest. nest. Ring our doorbell. We're going to see you. We're going to see you. Who's out there? Who's docking on our ship? <laughs> who goes there? You got that cannon. Got Hello, that, who goes there? Got that cannon glass. <laughs> so he says, go to the science ship and tell them to build you a cannon. And this actually. That triggered a ser- like the whole. This was the catalyst. It triggered the rest right. of the game for me, because I learned, and this is what I learned. This is what I learned. This game was not about bargaining, because supposedly this is a group effort to survive. Literally, you just go around asking for crap. Yeah, you do. This <laughs> that's all you. There's no bargaining. There's no trading. It's just like, hey, we need this. We're on the president ship. Like that, if we don't get this, we're dead. It's like the meme with that little child with the little pores. Well, can I have some more? Sir? Can I have some more? That's basically. If you don't give us fuel, we can't jump. That's it. You go to the fuel ship. Say, hey, we need fuel. You go to the water ship. Say, hey, we need. And once I 
like once that clicked in my brain and once I went to that science ship and said, hey, we need a cannon, we're defenseless. The cannon guy says, well, we need this. Oh, what does he need? He said, we need an engineer. Need a television? He, says, we, he said, we can, <laughs> he said, we can make you a cannon, but we need an engineer. Go get us an engineer. And off I was oh, to the yeah, races. There you go. I went to the table that makes, they make engineers. <laughs> they somehow program, breed them. They train they them. breed them. So I, and it's then MIT. I was off. So you go there, you go to that table and they say, well, to make engineers, we need this. So then you're just running around. Literally, we need nerds <laughs> asking for stuff. Get us nerds. And so then all this is going on. And at the science table is where it came back to me. The science table really didn't like Bruno. They thought Bruno had. They wouldn't talk about him. They would. They refused. He was very upset with Bruno. Yes. And so that kind of started the catalyst with like them trying to impeach Bruno. Which happens to the second part. So in one of the multiple meetings that I had. It got brought to my attention that my VP, stands for Vice President, Bruno, Bruno Baronet, Baronet, that they suspected that due to a bad jump that we had, the, where the fleet kind of had some problems with FTL jump, FTL jump, that the codes that were supposed to be very secretive, I had enacted a law because that's what that's my job. I'm not we're president. I'm legislative. We're that. That, that I wanted a civilian person helping out managing oversight of the FTL codes. And I trusted my VP. So that's what happened. And so then they started accusing him of incompetence. And then next thing I know, they were saying that he was a traitor. And I said, I won't stand for it. And I gave a and very... You were sitting down. A very... <laughs> no, I never got up. That was a weird thing. I kept saying I won't stand for it. I was kind of like FDR and it not getting out of my wheelchair. <laughs> I won't stand for they this. Were wheeling you around. Wheeling me around. I won't stand for it. I just kept. Well, it got me. It got That's me a, a weird lot. Of, stance to take. It got me a lot of. Got me a lot of. It got me the sympathy vote. Everybody thought I was in a wheelchair the whole time, like wheeling me around because I had Gobby, you know, pushing me. around. Anyway, long story short, like no, it's Polo. <laughs> Anyways, so water. I, I got it. I got it. I got you. You're wearing a polo shirt too. Um. So I said, here, we need somebody to investigate Bruno. So I called Bruno over. I said, Bruno, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to jail. I jailed my VP. And then I said, I need somebody that we know we can trust. And I looked around the room and realized Gobby had come back. I said, Gobby, here's what you need to do. I'm back, baby. You need to investigate and figure out if Bruno is a traitor or not. Go about it. So literally, you were the Kojak. Who's so, the only bald detective I can think of? <laughs> who's a better? Who's who more than Kojak? Who's the who's the other? You're like the Leslie Nielsen off Naked Gun, two and a half. <laughs> what was that guy? I don't remember. Drennan. Drennan. Oh that just come out God. of nowhere. Wow. I don't even know if that's accurate. That's, that sounds I, pretty I'm close. I'm looking it up, but you were like Drennan. You were going around. Okay. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> looking it up. <laughs> that's, looking you're it mixing up. airplane, but I get you. I get you. So here's the thing with this guy. I'm looking up the guy's name. This is the. Let me tell you. I just want to. I want people to know about this guy. Frank Drebin. I was Drebin. so close. <laughs> December 2nd, 1988. Go ahead. And O.J. Simpson was in it. R.I.P. Not him. The bones to this game. His wife. Are connected by such loose, sinewy tendons. That's a good phrase. But the meat comes from the players. 
Where did you now? Okay, did you Thank chat? You did Chad. You chat? Okay, okay, Chad. okay, all right, okay. Did you chat that again? Dad gummit, listen, <laughs> you can't. Be- no, so when I came back, so the beginning of this game is kind of the basics. The basics being okay. Your ship needs this to survive every round. You need this amount of food, this amount of water, this and amount if you of fuel. Don't get it, your ship out of luck. <clears throat> right. So, and the thing is, the Admiral, there is an Admiral, there's the Battlestar Galactica, basically, that's like, okay, we're jumping to here, everybody needs to be with us. Well, a ship gets lost in that. The The, the thing with Bruno was, he was accused of giving out bad codes to certain ships. The ship that I needed to investigate was conveniently lost in space. There was a whole dramatic thing. This game... Got dramatic. Like high school girl it quickly, dramatic. It quickly left the bones of, oh, hey, we need water and ore and fuel to survive. And it just went to all of this drama of who is betraying who, where are these ships that have been lost at? The Admiral was getting impeached. Jerry stepped down as president, put in place a puppet that which he masterfully Played from behind. Listen, let's not get into my story. But that guy, that guy also (laughs) did that because that was one of his personal goals. Well, and he he's success. I want to say this: this guy's success. He had a personal goal of becoming president. That's not easy to do. No, it's not. And this dude became president. (laughs) In this game. Once I got past my whole overwhelmed with what are the rules. And just accepted the fact of this is a game of literally everyone in here just go ask for stuff to survive for your ship. And then all these side stories happen with the betrayal because there are these like Cylon type characters, the wolves, and they get doled out halfway through. They can at the beginning. And at this turn, it was at the beginning, this, okay. this particular game. So then some people actually in this game, there was only one. There's wolf. just one. And, and to your and credit. Okay. To your credit, you're, and I want to go back to this. You investigated Bruno. You came to me and said, look, it wasn't Bruno. I already had a good feeling about Bruno. I was 99.9% sure. I just needed to make sure I wasn't getting blindsided. Your investigation, which ra- lasted like a, a round and a half, you come back and say, look, Bruno didn't do it. This is not, let's not talk about Bruno. And I said, okay. So we let Bruno out of the brig. I told everybody, look, my secretary of state, who obviously is legit, there's no reason to suspect him as being a traitor. He investigated my VP. VP's cleared. Still later, it was venerated even more when they tested him, when they developed the technology of the last round. They demanded to test the VP. VP came back good. So Bruno was solid the entire game. So what was very proud of me, very what proud of me, <laughs> what I was very proud of was that I only had two people on my staff, both of which I chose, which was you and Bruno. And I just want to put out, I want to point this out. Everybody loved Bruno, even though they thought he was a traitor. He was the only person proved to be not a traitor. And then you quit halfway through and did, did the Rudy put me in the game coach thing <laughs> and came back. And next thing I know, our Air Force One has guns and you cleared our V. Our VP had a scandal. <laughs> He was a scandal. I cleared him of it. And you cleared him of it. And then what happened? Because I was so humble and wanted to, now I don't want to get in my story. 
I don't want to spoil this for the fans, but the humility that I showed <laughs> was extraordinary. Was so extraordinary that I said, You should up, be proud of the humility you showed. The puppet government that I set up that I could run from it the was, shadows. Li- it was hilarious. Got literally the next president sat at our table and Jerry literally told him what to do. And every the, step what of happened? Him. One of the people that were the control guys come over and said, So what happened? Did you step down? I said, Yeah, he's the president. He says, well, what's your title? I said, I'm the deep state. <laughs> and he says, what? I said, we don't have, I said, no, I'm the deep state. I'm just the counselor slash whatever. We don't exist. I'm the consigliere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. And he's like, that doesn't, that's not a position. I said, there is one now. And I literally stayed where I was at and told the president <laughs> what stayed, to do. You stayed on Air Force One. Yes. And you had quit. I was the Rothschild <laughs> of the fleet. And they were like, you don't have a position. You don't have any rules. I was like, I don't play by the rules. Get off my ship. <laughs> and the off, last thing I told the president ship. to do when they, uh, I don't want to get in too far into this, but I may have insinuated that they were coming to assassinate him. And I said, look, just stop. This is, this is the last round. Start like busting they had, caps. They had like a big meeting, like all the dignitaries were to meet on a ship. And then I with fled. The sus, with the sus admiral. And I fled. The admiral was super sus, was as ter- the kids say. Either way. What, okay, I wanted to say real quick what was funny. So at the end of the game, the wolves won. We the, we all died. It was ambiguous, but it was very odd. It now, was ambiguous. Now, look, but but we're, we're, I we're, like to think we didn't die because okay, we, fled. We, we fled. we fled. We FTL'd our way <laughs> out of there. We FTL'd our way. So what was funny was the Admiral and Jerry literally got, not literally, but in the game, got into an argument. The Admiral didn't trust Jerry, the president, and Jerry was like, the Admiral has absolutely gone bonkers. I, I, now, I will hold for my next episode while I will tell my story. Okay, you're going to Because okay. I very much got, I, there was, there's some stuff happened. But what was humorous was the wolf, the betrayer of the whole fleet, which of, well, there's only one. He, he was on the admiral's ship, and at the end of the game, he said, the admiral, he didn't say, okay. He implied it. He implied. Okay, I will say his words. He said, I didn't have to do anything. Right. Because because yeah. the admiral played so poorly. He didn't say that part. He didn't say that part. But, but he said, I didn't knew. have to do anything. And we were all like looking at the admiral like, what are you doing? Do we want to do another episode? <sighs> I want my heart wants to. Well, let's cut this front here. All right, listen, Adam, we appreciate you. Listen, this is Jerry. This has been an amazing episode. I just want to say thank you, Chad, GPT. And Adam. Our biggest contributor. Adam. Adam and Burnt Enrique. (laughs) Get well. Uh, I'm Gabby. This is Jerry. Bye-bye. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. (laughs) 